a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. On the podcast, we aim to inspire mums to progress their career in the Salesforce sector. From starting out to climbing the ladder, we provide tips and insight on how you can succeed in your career and overcome adversity that many of us can face in the workplace. During Series 5, I'm talking about how you can develop your leadership skills and styles to help you thrive in your career. These skills are really valuable within any job role from admins to architects to build successful relationships and achieve achieve great outcomes. Sadly, however, many women can be portrayed as bossy or demanding when they're doing leadership roles. And statistically, we also see that less women are represented at senior levels within companies. So what we want to do within this show is to share some top tips about how women can present leadership skills well, can achieve that balance, change the perception and reality and support and to support ultimately more women to thrive within leadership roles. Now this week on the show I'm talking about leadership skills as a Salesforce admin, which I think is a really important topic because typically a Salesforce admin isn't in a senior leadership role, it's more where they start out in their Salesforce career. And why this is important is because perhaps they don't consider themselves to be in a leadership role. But actually what you have to do is lead and influence people to adopt technology when you, whenever you're working within a Salesforce role. So I would argue that as a Salesforce admin, you should be thinking about those leadership qualities and skills right from the outset because you want to really build relationships with people at those senior levels, to frontline staff, and to really bring them on a journey with you to enthuse and engage them to use Salesforce technology. So I'm going to help you step into your power today um, to help build your skills as a Salesforce admin. And I'm delighted to have two amazing speakers with us. I've got David, founder of Brainiate, and Jodie, author of Rock Your Role as a Salesforce admin, joining us today to share their top tips about how to excel as a Salesforce admin and develop those leadership skills. So Jodie, David, welcome to the show. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you. <laughs> so David, do you want to go first? Do you want to introduce yourselves and tell them about why you're passionate around this topic too? Certainly. Heather, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the, on the podcast. For those who don't know me, my name is David Giller. I help organizations improve their business processes with Salesforce optimization. I do this by providing consulting services, training programs, and through my weekly live show on YouTube. I think the topic of developing your leadership skills as a Salesforce professional is so incredibly important because whether or not someone has mastered these skills can have a dramatic impact, not only on their career trajectory, but also in ways that can really transform them both personally and professionally. It, it comes out in so many different ways through communication, the way you handle crises, the way you handle projects, and in a very roundabout way. All too often, as Salesforce professionals are so typically hyper-focused on getting certifications and badges and elevating their rank on trailhead, they often forget that in order to really be successful as a Salesforce professional, you also need to develop lots of other skills, including leadership skills that come into play anytime you have an interaction with anyone else, and we all do. So thank you. Thank you, David. Those people skills are so important, aren't they, as well in the Salesforce space? Absolutely. JD, over to you. Why you yeah, well, I, I echo everything that, that David said. So um, briefly, for, for folks that don't know me, my name is Jody Herbeck. 
I have been doing Salesforce in some way, shape or form, literally for two decades. Uh, so I started my career actually working for Salesforce way back when. I spent a number of years as a Salesforce um, independent consultant. And then really for the better you know, part of the last decade have been um, leading enterprise Salesforce implementations inside large organizations and, and different leadership roles. I have probably managed and hired over 25 admins in the course of my career and then coached dozens more through the, the work that I've done. So I've seen firsthand the difference between what makes an ordinary and an extraordinary admin. And really the topic that we're gonna talk about today um, is where I would say it lands squarely. Um, so I, I feel very passionate about this. I wrote a book about it, as a matter of fact, which will be out in July. And it really, David, to your point, it is not a how to do Salesforce hands-on keyboards. It's a book about all the other things that you really need in order to escape what I call the McAdmin trap, right? That it's really easy, especially when you, you know, want to be responsive and, and understand exactly what somebody's asking for. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And next thing you know, you find yourself kind of taking orders, right? Uh, I need a dashboard. I need a workflow. I need a this. And that's not fun. And that's not sustainable. And it's also not how companies get the bank for the buck. So, um, you know, I'm very happy today to have an opportunity to talk through some of the specific things that I think admins can do to really elevate their role. So thank you for, for having us and for bringing up this topic that is sometimes not discussed nearly enough in, in the admin community. No, absolutely. Well, thank you. And congratulations on getting your book out there. Very impressed. I can't <laughs> wait to read it. But I know, I know. Fantastic. All the hard 20 years in the making, well. I like to yeah, say. Well you can't write it in a pandemic. I don't know when you can. Leadership skills at the fore there. You're leading the way. So well done. That's so exciting. So thank you for the introductions. That's fantastic. And certainly you've both got so much amazing sort of experience and talent that you can share with people today. Let's start with the why. Like, why do we need leadership skills as an admin? You've touched on this a little bit more, but would you like to share a little bit about why people should actually listen today and, and sort of go away and action these things? Certainly. Um, so as a Salesforce professional, like I mentioned earlier, you are typically interacting with other people. When you are interacting with other people, as whether your role is a Salesforce admin, the official Salesforce admin, sales, Salesforce developer, project manager, business analyst, it really does not even matter the specific job title that you have. But either way, as a Salesforce professional, Basically, your role is to inspire others, is to educate others, is to make people realize that there are things that either thoughts that you have or things that you know or things that you've done that can help elevate others. It's actually not even about, bust a misconception right here at the start, a leadership is not about ordering other people around and telling them what to do. It's about elevating others by empowering them and encouraging them and giving them the tools and resources and insights that you have and you're familiar with in order to help them reach a better place. And as a leader, you actually have many responsibilities. You're not only responsible for leading your own life and also leading by example, but also for nurturing those around you. And by the way, this also includes your peers, your colleagues that are in other departments, and even other admins within the broader Salesforce community. So I can't reiterate this enough, 
being a leader has nothing to do with having direct reports within your organization. There are managers who are not good leaders at all, and there are leaders who have no direct reports. So in the end, a great leader simply creates an environment where everyone can thrive together as one cohesive unit, basically helping each other and elevating each other. Mm, love that. Thank you, David. What about you, Joby? Yeah, David, I love that you just busted that myth because I would have I would have said, I think if we're going to talk about leadership, we should really start there and be crystal clear that it is it is not a title. It is not a rank. Right. We're not waiting for somebody to appoint us as a leader. I think Salesforce admins have an incredible leadership role just by nature of what they do inside the organization. Their role is to manage and impact and run a very influential tool that is usually mission critical inside an organization. And if you really think about it, you have the ability to impact top line revenue, bottom line revenue, but really engagement across you know, how employees feel about the tools and the work they're doing. In a lot of situations as well, depending on the use case, really you can impact the customer experience. Like how you do that and how you elevate the platform, that's a leadership role, regardless of what your title is. So David, I really appreciate that you started there. And I think, you know, from my perspective, Salesforce admins have one of the best jobs in business. Like for real, let's talk about it. Very lucrative, high demand. But look at the work you get to do. Look at the things that you get to influence that we just talked about, right? You get to help people. You get to have you know, creative thinking every day. Like that's a fantastic job. And, and I believe that we, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, right? That with that, we owe it to whether it's, you know, the organizations that we work for or the clients that we support, we owe them the ability to really take this platform to the top. And the way to do that is not by being an order taker, but really by looking with a leadership lens around what are we trying to accomplish and are we doing all the things that we can do to get there. Mm, I love that. You two have just summed it up perfectly. And it takes me back to a point um, when I started out in my Salesforce career in my 30s. Um, I've just got those pivotal moments is like my second or third projects. And I'm sat there in my 30s with all these senior managers around a table all looking at me and believing in me that I have the answer to their solutions and I'm like wow this is exciting scary but um you know I felt really um what's the word um felt really engaged and trusted in that they believed that I could take them through this journey and I think you know realizing that you're a Salesforce admin stroke early stage consultant at that level and they're looking to you for answers you have to believe in yourself you have to step into that power as I was talking about and help them achieve all those things that you've been talking about you know bring them on that journey with you so if we were to really knuckle those traits down and sort of really dissect what leadership is what would you say are some of those key traits that you want to be sort of really focusing in on right now to develop your leadership skills do you want to go first Sure. Yeah. In fact, I was I was just thinking, Heather, as you were talking, there's, there's a couple of things in particular. I think you used the word knuckle down, which I like. But one is really this concept of having an ownership mindset. Right. And this goes a little bit back to what we were just talking about, which is doesn't matter what your job is, doesn't matter what your portion of Salesforce may be that you have responsibility for. 
that is your system man. own it. Right. And so I think walking in, not being satisfied with status quo, but really always thinking about what can we be doing to make this better? By the way, better doesn't always mean more. Doesn't mean we're just going to throw more stuff at it. Right. Sometimes a lot of times better, it means less. Right. Less exactly. Something. We might edit stuff out. It just means generally speaking, taking the initiative to always be looking at, you know, what is it that we're trying to accomplish with this platform? And are we meeting that objectives and where can we change levers? So that's one. The, the, the second one that I would add is exactly what you just said, Heather. And, and I, I use the phrase sharing your point of view, right? And, and to me, the way that you demonstrate your leadership is not just talking about the platform, but really sharing what does that mean? What, how do you marry up what the platform can do inside an organization? How do you marry up what an organization shouldn't do on the platform, right? And so sharing your point of view, I think, and, and kind of getting established as um, a subject matter expert, being perceived as somebody who has authority in the field, it really comes from not just knowing features and functionality, but marrying that up with guidance as to how a company should apply that. And then I think the third piece that I'm probably out of order because you probably need to do two before three, but it really is taking the time to listen and figure out what somebody really needs and being willing to, to understand, say that back, right? Validate and confirm it, but then offer up again your point of view, even if it's different than what they asked for. Sometimes it's because what they asked for is the wrong thing. Sometimes it's because I, I use the phrase, listen, but not literally, right? When somebody says, I need visibility into my leads, that doesn't necessarily mean they need something with the lead object, right? So being, being willing to listen, applying a perspective, a point of view and expertise, and always being proactive um, and, and taking ownership. To me, those are the traits that, that I look for when hiring admins. And those are the things that I see when I'm really thinking about over time, what, what made the good ones stand out. Mm, I love those. And it brings to mind for me that reflection of when I've worked with Salesforce customers as a consultant, sometimes the admin is overlooked, right? And it's like suddenly the senior manager wants to speak to the consultant and the admin sort of on the, the sidelines. And that's what I want people to avoid because I think those Salesforce admins should be pivotal to those conversations and should be helping lead the way. So again, it's kind of, I love that ownership piece. It's about the admins, they own their system. Let's get them really involved in these conversations and they hold the conversations between the senior management team and the consultants so they're not getting sidestepped, if you like. And that probably leads on quite nicely to your points, David. Yes, so first of all, Jody, thank you for elaborating on the three traits uh, that you think most accurately represent the traits of a leader. And it, what I find fascinating is that even though the three traits that I'm going to list might sound different because it's slightly different terminology or different, slightly different concepts, there is tremendous organic synergy among these various traits where there is, a, there's just a tremendous amount of overlap. And what I mean by that is first off, being an effective communicator and like Jody, as you pointed out, being a really good listener is a critical element of being a good communicator, but also being a good communicator involves so many other things that most people don't think of at first blush. What that means is a trying to find the right words that your 
target audience, the folks that you're interacting with, will actually understand. More often than not, the business folks- You mean executives will... don't know what a master detail object is? Exactly. <laughs> and by the way, I, I won't, I won't name names of the typical personality that does this, but most of us who have been in the Salesforce ecosystem for a long time know of a particular kind of person in the Salesforce ecosystem that as soon as they hear the word community being used in a sentence, they will immediately say, oh, you must be talking about experience cloud. You use the word knowledge in a sentence, oh, let's talk about opening up a Salesforce knowledge instance for you. Uh, and the same holds true even to the example that you gave a few minutes ago, Jody, um, which is regarding leads. Just because they're using the word leads in a sentence does not necessarily mean they're talking about the leads object. They might define leads as someone who has an a company, not a person, a company that has an opportunity, but that opportunity is in a particular stage or an, an account that has no opportunities that are closed one. Maybe all of those are leads in their definition. So being an effective communicator means not only really good listening skills, but also finding the right words to the right audience, understanding the words that they are communicating, and it's across all forms of media, meaning in an in-person meeting, through email and text message, as a public speaker, so public speaking skills are incredibly important as well, negotiation skills to me, all of those fall under the umbrella of being an effective communicator. The second trait that I think is really important is being accountable and responsible. Again, not, uh, not to uh, mimic what Jody said, but there's a tremendous synergy with what Jody pointed out, which is not only holding yourself accountable for whatever it is that you said that you would do, holding the organization accountable having nothing to do with the Salesforce platform, what are the goals and objectives for this organization? And what you're asking me to do is actually counterproductive to helping you, the organization, my colleague, my team members, to help you reach your goals. By creating this checkbox or the multi-select pick list or these other custom objects or these other unique record types are actually not going to help you achieve your goals. Here's how I can help you achieve your goal. So being accountable and responsible actually means a lot of different things depending on the context, but that is, to me, that is the second most important trait of being a good leader. The third one is being a long-term thinker. So just because an organization, and what I'm about to, the example I'm about to uh, suggest, I'm sure many of you have seen before, just because an organization says, listen, our process for qualifying an opportunity is there are always three meetings. So, hey, admin, I want you to create three fields on the opportunity screen, meeting number one, meeting number two, and meeting number three. And when I am on the receiving end of a conversation like that, a request like that, I'm like, hell no. What if in one situation, there are four meetings that are needed. What if after the second meeting they said, oh, we need to bring in some other people, we need to do this all over again, six meetings, 12 meetings are needed. We're not doing it that way. So you need to be a long-term thinker. 
figure out how to solve the problem that they are looking to solve in a way that is scalable and sustainable and as low maintenance as possible mm -hmm. for the organization, which also goes back to your point, Jody, of it's more than being an order taker. You have to think more broadly than the terminology and the use cases that the people that you're working with are sharing with you. Mm, I love that. And that makes me triggers one of those other reflections of when I was starting out is that that being confident and assertive enough to go, you know, the sales team want to implement Salesforce. Okay. But what about the rest of the teams, right? We want to future proof this implementation for the whole organization, potentially who might use it rather than just that team. Could we bring all the senior managers together, you know, to talk about what Salesforce could do for your organization rather than just focus on that one team and just do that one thing because then we're not really kind of thinking big picture. And that's one of the things that I always learned from the outset was, you know, let's think about that long-term thought process, you know, and what we're going to use Salesforce for and stepping into your own as, again, as a Salesforce admin and bringing all the teams and departments together can be really valuable. And honestly, that, that process. sorry. And, and, and honestly, that also goes back to the point that, we called out earlier, which is communication skills, because very often when talking to, let's say, the head of sales and the head of sales is insisting on pick any use case uh, like the ones that I suggested before or any others that most of us have a little bit of PTSD on, the way you as the Salesforce admin push back, the communication skills that you are leveraging in order to push back need to be appropriate for that person, that person's ego, that person's personality, that person's communication style. I know at the get-go that my typical New York assertive type A personality is not going to work for everyone. I have had many times I've gotten slapped on the wrist. David, you can't say that. I'm still learning how to adjust my tone and vocabulary and the method that I'm using. And for example, one way that I've learned to do that is by turning to folks, uh, the folks who are asking for something that is not long-term thinking, not mm -hmm. sustainable, by suggesting, okay, so let's make believe we did, I'll use the example I gave before, we did create those three fields for those three specific meetings. And what happens if six months from now, we just have one or two critically important deals that we're working on that do require a fourth meeting or a fifth meeting. What do you expect to do when we reach that point? So this way, you're sort of leading them, it goes back to the leadership skills, you're leading them to the same conclusion that you're coming to, but they, it needs to be, for many people, it, it needs to be their own idea, not one that is put upon them. No, I think that's really important. We teach that actually in our Superman's Consultancy Skills course. We talk about, you know, the different types of personalities, the different learning styles, different cultures of organisations as well, because you really have to be mindful about the approach you take. Like you, like you say, David, you might have your, your personality and your approach that would be your norm, but just being so mindful actually of the people you're dealing with and adopting your approach to to lend to their preferred style and what they need to engage is so important isn't it so there's there's many things to learn right there's so much to learn um, around these softer skills which is one of the reasons why i love teaching our consultancy course because we teach all of these and things I would add, it's mind. also cumulative meaning you know i think know your audience is important but going back to like why is why are leadership skills important is over time as you demonstrate this right through all the things that you just said and and taking that approach and being seen as somebody who can listen and then appropriately match and explain concepts 
over time, it actually becomes easier because you start being that trusted resource. You earn the street cred where you can push back a little bit, right? You know, I've been doing this long enough in my company. Sometimes I go, guys, just trust me. And they go, okay. You know, so, you know, that's, that's part of why is it worth it to practice these skills is it does, it gets better over time. Um, you know, the, the more you really flex that muscle. Mm, I love that. And so what would you do if somebody doesn't take you, if they don't trust you? I mean, you've, you've openly said, oh, trust me, guys. But is there other things that people could do if they feel like they're not being recognized or heard or listened to in the organization? Yeah, I, I'll take that one first, Dave, if, if you don't mind. I think there's a couple of things. I think it is always important to make sure that somebody feels heard, and, and including you. Right. So let's all at least make sure that we're that we're understanding what what both parties are saying. I think it's also really important to have an open mind and to not take it personally. Right. And when I say open mind, there's actually a lot of ways to do things in Salesforce. In fact, somebody once told me there's six ways to do almost anything. You just won't know which one is wrong for about a year or two. Right? <laughs> and so th there is also an element as much as, you know, being, being a leader is, you know, having a point of view and a perspective. Sometimes it also means having enough of an open mind to say, huh, I'm not sure I see it that way, but this is an interesting approach I've never thought of. Let me hear it. Let me, let me chew on this for a little bit. Let me take this back to my people in the Salesforce community and see what they think, right? So, so I think all of that is part of it. A, a tip, though, if you if you really get in a situation, um, I think you know it, it's always going to depend on what are we talking about here. But there's a particular tip that I always offer up, which is I think it's really important, and this is part and parcel of expressing your point of view, of being really clear when you have an opinion or when you feel strongly about something. And by the way, that is part of your point of view, right? How you express that. And so if somebody says, should we do it like this or like this? Eh, I would probably do it like this because I think, you know, it's better user experience. That's an opinion. I'm, I'm giving my point of view. I don't feel strongly about it. If somebody, you know, wants to do it a different way and makes a case, okay. But I'll tell you, you know, a particular story. I had a, a client many years ago who startup, Wild West mode, you know, everything running around, building every every system from scratch. We'd stood up Salesforce and they wanted to stand up a recruiting org, um, which good use of Salesforce. I've actually done it a lot in my career. There's probably now plugins that work better. You're not building it from scratch, but this was 10 years ago. <laughs> and the CEO insisted he wanted it to be in the same org. One org, it's it's Simpler. A lot of times a one org thing makes a lot of sense, but in this case, highly, highly sensitive data, salary data, you know, things that you don't want to slip. And this was a company that had way more admins than they should, because, again, people starting up, getting started, consultants coming in. And this was an example where it wasn't that I had an opinion. Hey, it should probably be two orgs. I felt very strongly. And so I think that is an important piece in terms of communicating, not just what your recommendation is, but how strongly you feel about it. And the other piece I would just offer up and maybe on less popular, less fun to throw the flag, right? But we are caretakers of really critical systems and systems that people spend a lot of money on and that have a lot of impact and sometimes risk. And so there is also an element that, you know, with your leadership mindset, you sometimes need to step back and say, do I need to escalate this? Do I need to throw the flag, right? A lot of times you don't, but if we are talking about something like the story that I shared that really could have put the company at risk for a lot of reasons, 
that's a situation where it doesn't mean you go behind somebody's back and do it. You say, listen, I, I don't think we're, we're seeing, we're aligned here. I have a lot of concerns about it. What if we bring so-and-so in and we all talk about this together? So-and-so being the lawyer, that always works. Awesome. <laughs> that's for you, David. Get those lawyers in the room. So I'm so glad that I don't take offense by that. <laughs> David, anything to add to that? Absolutely. Um, I think as a leader, to the point that we called out earlier, as a leader, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to listen to you. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to listen to you all the time. It means that your advice, your guidance, your insight is definitely appreciated by let's say by some, maybe not even by most, but by some. In those situations, you are a leader for some people. And hopefully over time, that quantity of some grows. So as a Salesforce consultant, when I am working with a client in a particular situation and they are either recommending, suggesting, maybe even insisting on something that is not a best practice, that is not practical, that is maybe nonsensical, I always try to lean in before jumping to conclusions, unless they say they suggest a multi-select pick list. I will try, <laughs> I will try to we lean in. We all have the gong we just hit when yes. that happens, right? <laughs> panic, panic, where's the Xanax? <laughs> I will try to lean in to get a better understanding, to allow them to articulate their thought process behind it. Why is it that you are suggesting this particular configuration approach or product that you want or integration that you're asking for? So trying to lean in to allow them, and this goes back to the communication skills, the negotiation skills, the listening skills, where you're asking them to elaborate on what is the pain that you are focusing on, what is the goal that you're trying to achieve here, and by allowing them to do that, that will then give you, the leader, more insight on where they're coming from, what their maybe lack of knowledge, lack of understanding, maybe it's lack of long-term thinking that they have, so you know exactly where to focus in on in order to take the conversation to that next step and hopefully enlighten them and educate them and hopefully guide them towards the appropriate decision that is best for them. I think we have all been in situations where no matter how much we try, no matter how much we beg and plead and, and explain and negotiate not to create the multi-select pick list, etc., that they will insist. And we've all been in that situation in many, many different scenarios. And in those situations, basically my approach is, look, I am the Salesforce consultant who is trying to help you. I am trying to coach you. I'm trying to lead you in the right way, but in the end, you're the boss, you're the client, it's your organization, you can do it however you want. You want me to go ahead and build this thing that I believe is not going to work for you long term. I believe that maybe it's two days from now, two weeks from now, two years from now, you'll turn to me and say, David, you were right. We should have done it the other way. Can you undo the way that we disclaimer. had to do it? Disclaimer. Yes, disclaimer. <laughs> and by the way, I also make sure to point out to them, so this is really important, not only for the uh, any Salesforce admin, but also for any Salesforce consultant. I point out, during that conversation, I make sure to point out that, uh, I'll, I'll actually rewind a little bit, uh, very often people think that 
the reason why someone is suggesting anything is because that's what's easier or faster for them to implement. So as a Salesforce admin or a Salesforce consultant, when someone is suggesting something that you feel wholeheartedly that is not the best practice, that is not practical, it's not sustainable, I point out to the person that I'm having the conversation with, I say, listen, I'm happy to do it the way that you're suggesting. However, if we find ourselves in this same situation that I'm predicting, where two months from now, two years from now, we need to undo the thing that you're asking me to do now, it's going to take three times the amount of time as a consultant, it's going to, take, it's going to cost three times the amount because first I'm gathering the business requirements the first time, then I have to configure it the first time, I have to teach and train and show you how to use it. There may or may not be some data importing that we need to do to bulk populate these records, then it's going to be live. When we come back, we're then going to have to have another conversation on why it's wrong and what we need to do and when are we going to implement the fix. Then we're going to have to do it in a sandbox. We're going to have to configure it. We're going to have to test it. We might have to migrate the data from it's the It's painful old just hearing it, I know. <laughs> and then we're going to have to train the end users again on how to do it the right way. Now, by the way, aside from the cost and the time for your end users, it's going to feel like this is broken and we're, we're dealing with this broken scenario fixes all the time. So yeah. I'm trying to I, I help gonna, you. Yeah, what, what I was going to comment on, because I think you hit on something that's really important, not just when somebody doesn't see it our way, but you were just describing really what I call providing context. And, and I think that's another really important leadership trait for an admin, right? Which is part of not just taking the orders when somebody asks for something, assuming we've all agreed that, you know, we understand what the need is, but is walking through some context of what the different options are. Um, exactly. And that can be including, you know, I can meet 95% of these requirements with kind of declarative tools, pretty quick and easy. What that means is faster time to value, easier to support. The other things that you've asked for require code and they're a little bit more complex. What that means is it's gonna be more difficult to make changes going forward. It's gonna be harder to iterate. So given that, is this a must-have or a nice-to-have? So really, I think, you know, David, that was a really good point that, that you made, which is it's important for us to share, not just pixie dust, right? There's real work that takes place, and some of the work is harder or easier and has different implications. And I think that's part of how we can be leaders in guiding what is the right solution based on what somebody needs. Exactly. It's mm, amazing point there. It's fantastic. Um, the thing I'd add to that is around business case as well, making sure that there's a clear business case around why this is important. Because if somebody comes to you and says, oh, I want X, Y, Z done, you're like, okay, well, I need a business case for that so I can take it to the senior management team and explain why we need to spend money on a new app or whatever it is. And that's the other thing that I've really seen to kind of really complement everything we've talked about today is being able to facilitate that business case about the value that you are giving to the business by implementing something um so let's step into and flip it on its head you're you've been an amazing leader you've got everybody really excited and everybody's coming to you and everybody wants your time and attention because they want xyz so how do you manage that? Because quite often the Salesforce admins will feel overwhelmed by all the things that people are asking of them. Uh, David, what would you say is the best way of managing this? 
So it can definitely be a challenge when everyone is coming to you. Sometimes it's for really big issues that really do require immediate attention. And other times they just want to vent because they can't find the list view that you created for them and saved for them as a favorite. So I think in the end, the best thing to do is to find a way to set boundaries and communicate those boundaries clearly. By spreading yourself too thin, you end up sacrificing your own mental health for other people's needs and desires. I always get a huge thrill out of solving problems, even if I'm solving problems for complete strangers. So I try to make sure to get that message across, like I want to help you, but that does not necessarily mean I'm always available all the time. I'm working on other things, on other projects that may or you might know nothing about that might have higher priority. So setting the right, whether it's time boundaries or method of communication preferences, and simply communicating, acknowledging to those folks that even they are important, you simply don't have the bandwidth and don't have the ability to prioritize their request immediately. Find some way to properly acknowledge uh, that you did receive the request and it is important and you will follow up with them and here is when. But honestly, even at the same time, so like everything that I said absolutely holds true for a Salesforce admin who's, think of it as internal, a Salesforce admin who is a full-time uh, employee of any organization and they are exclusively dedicated for that organization. Uh, everything that I said so far is, holds true. I would even say the same holds true with some variation when you are a Salesforce consultant. As a Salesforce consultant, you might have multiple organizations where you play the role of the Salesforce admin. Mm -hmm. For other folks who are involved in some leadership capacity to a broader audience, take someone who, for example, is a Salesforce user group leader, someone who, like the three of us, are more involved in the Salesforce community, maybe as public speakers, maybe through our social media platforms. And we could potentially be getting bombarded by complete strangers on who are asking, what is Salesforce? Who are asking, how do I find a job in Salesforce? I earned the admin certification, what next? And there reaches some threshold where you need to draw the line in the sand of, okay, this is a complete stranger that I know nothing about. I have so many other things going on even taking the time to acknowledge their DM on Instagram to say, sorry, but I can't really respond, that could be overwhelming in and of itself. So we need to find the right boundaries that we can set for ourselves and communicate them to those that we are interacting with. Mm, I love that. It's why you write books, right, Doji? <laughs> to share all your top tips with people. <laughs> so funny you mention it, because the second half of my book is actually on this topic. So what we're talking about specifically for admins is something that I have termed the Salesforce admin conundrum. And the concept is the more value you deliver, the busier you get, because everybody wants a piece of you, right? So that team saw the automation you did and they want some, and that team saw the reporting you did and they want some, and suddenly you've got more users, you've got a bigger Salesforce footprint to support, and more often than not, you do not have a, any additional resources to help you. And one of the things we talk about in the book is making sure that as you're expanding out the use cases, that you're talking about needing to have additional support going forward. That's part of the business case that's often overlooked. 
So I, I feel very strongly that, um, and, and when I put this book together, as I was thinking about what I wanted to include, that if I'm going to spend time teaching admins how to over-deliver and add value and go above and beyond, which are the things that I think they should do, I got to spend an equal amount of time really preventing them from overwhelm, right? How do you deliver over-deliver without overwhelm? So there's all sorts of things that I talk about in the book, but I'll, I'll give a couple examples. I, I certainly think there's some process. So I, I use the term process plus a method to the madness that you can use, David, to set expectations and boundaries. It's, it's exactly what you said. A couple examples are, um, I talked through a, something called a mutual plan, right? Which is, I'm going to do some work and you got to do a little bit of work, right? So we're going to share that. Want to get a bonus? Share the onus. That's one of my tips. There's a couple other kind of processes like that that I use as it pertains to, there's something called the explaining an extended warranty period. So when we deploy something that we agree up front, that maybe the very next day, it's you know the immediate warranty period. So I'm there, hyper care, making sure it works. Maybe we go into an extended warranty period, maybe for a week, kind of depending on how big the functionality is, where we're kind of taking calls and we're you know adjusting uh, in prod. Let me add, but adjusting at least you know what things that need to get fixed. Starting to think through what we missed, and then we phase that out and we make it really clear that at some point you got to get back in line. That just because for this you know, week period, you got to call me in real time, but I actually don't deploy on demand. So having deployment schedules, that's another one, right? That no, just because you came over to my desk doesn't mean I'm going to push this out tonight, right? We do it the second Monday of the month or, you know, whatever those things are. So I think there's some things for process. I also think part of, you know, being self-aware and, and having a leadership mindset means we also need to be aware of our own accountability in this, right? And, you know, David, you hit it on the head. We love to say yes in this community. It's fun to help people with Salesforce problems. It is. We love it. And we're often culpable for our own busyness because somebody's coming to our desk and we're going, oh, yeah, heck yeah, right? Or somebody, you know, had asked us to do something. And suddenly as we're sitting there, our gears are grinding about, you know what else you could be doing? We could do a flow and you could have a this and that, right? So, right, I'm sure you guys have been there. We're culpable in this. Absolutely. So a lot of what I do as well in the book is really just call some of these things out so we can be aware and then provide some very specific things, talk tracks, things that we can do to practice changing our behaviors a little bit. And then the last piece, I, I have a section called things you can stop to make the chaos count drop. And again, it's more examples of like things I'm doing that to make it harder on myself than I need to. So um, it's a it's a really important topic, Heather. I'm glad you asked about it for, for Salesforce admins because I think burnout is high. I think it's a this is a profession of overachievers and there's you know always more to do and more to learn. And we've we've got to find ways as a community to talk about techniques that are going to enable sustainable, enjoyable, not just financially rewarding careers. Amazing. So, so much content in there and so many tips around how to step into your power as a Salesforce admin. So if there's three things that we wanted people to remember, I'll let you have three each, it's okay. <laughs> David, what would be your top three? Yeah, so the first thing I would suggest is not to be discouraged, as I mentioned earlier, not to be discouraged from the topic of leadership just because you don't have any direct reports at work. You can be a leader 
among your peers, even though they don't report into you. If they rely on your advice and guidance and coaching, you are a leader for them, whether they use the word or not. That's the first one. The second one is if you don't know where to start, it's easy to feel overwhelmed by a lot of these topics. They might be unfamiliar. They might be coming out of left field because up until now, you've been so hyper-focused on the certifications and the badges. I'm like, wait, I need to learn what? How do I start that? Where do I go? Is that on trailhead? Where do I start? So I would suggest just go to YouTube and do a search using the words learning leadership skills. Just start there. You can always expand from there to explore podcasts and books or audiobooks and and just start on YouTube. There's a tremendous amount of content on these topics and you can take it at your own pace. The third one is if you are not already involved in the Salesforce community, get involved in the Salesforce community because that is where you can start to practice even if you don't currently have a Salesforce related job where you can exercise your leadership skills, practice your leadership skills, get involved in some user groups. Offer to help the user group leaders to organize upcoming meetups. Start interacting with some of the members of the user groups. Start to play around in your own in your own sandbox on features that you're learning in Salesforce and then start to talk about them and demonstrate them and Talk about them in a way uh, that gives you confidence of, oh, I've used this feature. Here are the best practices that I've learned when trying this thing in Salesforce, even within the forum of the Salesforce user group community. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, you're going to be able to explore your own skills as a leader in a very safe and easy to access forum. Awesome. Thank you, David. JD, what about you? Uh, top three. I think the first one would really be take a breath and listen as requests, even questions, support requests are coming your way. And before you act, take that moment to say, do I really understand the business outcome? Is this really the right thing to do? Does this really need to get done now? Is this the right time to do it? So just taking a moment to take that breath. Make sure that you've got all the information before you're just immediately jumping. We all want to be responsive, but we can be more responsive over the long run. We just remember to take the breath and kind of go through those questions. I think the second one is really about, again, getting comfortable expressing your point of view and um, practicing it. You can. This is a skill you can get better at. It can be very hard to present your point of view when when it's different than somebody else's, when you haven't done it a lot, when you feel like you're new in your career and maybe don't have the confidence yet, but you can practice, right? Your team says, where should we go to lunch? Say, I suggest so-and-so, what do you guys think? Your team says, how often do you think we should meet about this? Recommend a cadence, what do you guys think, right? Recommend, you know, just start, just start practicing. The more you do it, the easier it gets. And then I think the third thing, you know, particularly for, for this audience, Heather, I know there's a lot of people transitioning into the ecosystem. And what, what I would say, particularly having had the pleasure to, to meet some super moms and have lunch with them recently, I would say, don't feel like you don't have leadership experience just because you're new to Salesforce. You know, these, these men, these women, these people are coming from all different backgrounds and whether it was leadership in a different career, whether it was in the service, whether it was because they ran a household and, you know, a bunch of kids soccer games, like 
that's leadership experience and that's really what to tap into. So bring, bring that, bring that with confidence. Um, and the truth of the matter, particularly for people that are transitioning from another skill, you've got so much life context. You're, you're so much further ahead than a lot of newbies that are breaking in that don't have some of that life experience. So lean into that, use it and be really confident because at the end of the day, you, you know, you've already got a lot of those skills. So, so, so be, be proud. Love that. Thank you so much, Jodie and David. Um, as I say, it's been a wealth of information and tips and insight into how you can really perform as a Salesforce admin. And, uh, you know, all those points equally you've said about it's not just about Salesforce certifications. It's not just about the technical knowledge. It is about all those other complementary, what we call softer skills. But soft doesn't feel like the right term quite often, does it? Because they're really important skills. Um, and it's one of the reasons why within the Supermums programme, we don't just focus on the technical knowledge, we do do coaching um, and building your awareness around coaching and communication skills and looking at change management and all those things. Um, so if you're interested in any more about Supermums, visit our website supermums.org. We will help you step into it, being a leader as a Salesforce admin. Equally, there's all those other resources out there as well that Dave has mentioned. Um, get involved in the Salesforce Ohana, but make the time to learn those additional skill sets um, that you need alongside the Salesforce technical skill set. So I think that's been a fantastic conversation today. Thank you so much to both of you. If they want to follow you on social media, where would you recommend they find you? David. I would say look at my LinkedIn account and um, you can feel free to follow me there. Thank you. JD. I would say as well, LinkedIn, or if you want to hear more about the book, sfadminbook.com coming out uh, scheduled right now in July so exciting thank you so much and if you like the session today please do rate and review us on itunes we'd love to hear your feedback and we hope to see you again soon take care thanks everyone bye thank bye you. we have the stronger women summit coming up which is all about coaching women to success and making them feel confident and empowered to achieve their life and career goals. So please find the registration link for that coming up in the show notes. And we look forward to seeing you there.